listening to episode 198 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we take a break from show analysis to talk about some of the things that have been on our minds relative to the world of science fiction and genre television. So this is a first for us. I'm, I've been looking forward to it for a while now. Yeah, yeah, this is cool. I mean, you know, we pretty much do whatever we want anyway, but now we're just, you know, we're just flying that freak flag right now, so. Yeah, well, I mean, we always have to get back to the show we're supposed to be talking about, and, yeah. you know, we got a little more leeway. Right, as long as we stay non-committal, we can, you know, like work in other stuff. Right. Now, by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, the poll will have closed for, you know, your suggestions as to what Wayne and I should tackle next. You know, we'll post it in the Facebook group and on the Twitter page what it is we decide to do next, but that'll give us the weekend to get prepared for our next show. So before we get to that, though, remind you, as always, love to hear from you. Emails at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab record your own audio clip send us the mp3 as an attachment or send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group join the discussions there and get your vote in all right i guess under sci-fi news this really isn't sci-fi news as much as just a topic i'm going to throw in there but you're 12 monkeys fan right yeah i would 12 monkeys watcher Okay, are you watching the... I, I haven't started yet. No, I might watch uh, some of it tonight. Uh, okay, so, but but I mean, just real briefly, because I haven't seen it all either, but but if you haven't watched it, and, and if you have, you, you I'm sure you have an opinion about Sci-Fi's approach to rolling out 12 Monkeys Season 3 over three nights, right? Four episodes yeah. on Friday, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. And this isn't exactly like Childhood's End, which uh, you know we did with Michael, where... It was three consecutive nights of two hours each, but you know they, they were sort of like self-contained episodes. So it was a little different, right? Yeah, but, I'm not so sure. I mean, again, I haven't started watching, but part of the reason my reluctance to watch them just like I don't, I don't feel like starting this and then like binging Twelve Monkeys this weekend, you know? Well, right, and that is what it all comes back to. And, and, you know, that whole idea of, of binging or not binging, and we'll probably get to that in the course of the discussion tonight. And I, I don't know, and Michael would certainly know because he podcasts with Corey uh, about 12 monkeys for golden spiral media. And he's talked multiple times to Terry Metalis, the, the show's creator or co-creator and showrunner. I get the impression, and, and you know, Michael will correct me if I'm wrong, that this was not something Terry Metalis necessarily wanted for his show. So for whatever reason, is it sci-fi's kind of nod to the fact that people like to binge these days? So here it's the best of both worlds or maybe the worst of both worlds. Who knows? Right. Well, we've talked about this before, especially way back in the day when we really first started this thing and you told me like, I basically had to go watch lost. And so your experience with lost was watching it, you know, once a week when it was actually on television. Whereas my experience with lost was watching it all in the course of about a month and a half and not sleeping basically for that time, you know? And I remember you, you, you bring this up a number of times that you, you know, when when you have one episode a week, then like especially with like podcasting things like that, you have time to like kind of really digest it and think about it and and uh, reflect on that one episode before the next one pops up, right? Whereas if you binge it, you just boom get it all at once, and that that ability to you know kind of uh, you know reflect on each episode as its own entity is kind of lost. It's really each episode, the episodes themselves don't really become super important right it's it's really the the whole work it's like a 10-hour movie almost um in in split up right and that's for me part of the enjoyment is having a week to really think about it like you you mentioned lost where by the time the next episode aired i'd already seen the previous one three times and you know you you mentioned that you binged it over a couple of months but when you would come in we could at least talk about maybe the three or four episodes that you had just seen. Right. But yeah, that's exactly it. We were talking about three or four episodes at the, at the pop rather than, you know, like every day rather than, 
spend the whole week kind of like thinking, talking about like that one episode, you know, where you're really getting into it and which we're going to talk about uh, the influence of loss, you know, and part of it might be just that, you know, like people, you know, kind of picking apart every little nuance of the show as it was running, you know, over the course of a week. Yeah. Um, now, We'll, you know, we'll, like you said, we'll get back to talking about Lost a little bit. But for Twelve Monkeys, I did start watching it yesterday, so I, I've seen the four episodes for Night One, and I saw the first episode of Night Two, and it was really interesting because, you know, how you look at your DVR, it's like, okay, episode one's only forty-five minutes. Episode two, what did my DVR screw up? Because where I am, I have satellite. And, and as you know, if it gets too windy, right? Uh, who knows what happens? But right. what they did was, which was really interesting, is they ran like 30-second commercials just three or four times during the course. So I'm fast-forwarding through the commercials and like, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, I'm already at the- hey. <laughs> so then I, I started watching the commercials. Right. Well, yeah. Well, th- this is... Kind of with a, also with podcasts as well. Like, you know, you li- listen to podcasts and they slap a big three minute commercial in the middle of it. Well, I'm fast forwarding through that. But like This American Life, for example, the commercials are like 30 seconds long. So I never fast because you can't even fast forward through them. You just, it'll just screw everything up. I'll sit here and listen to them. So what's more effective, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, why don't we get into our discussion? And, and obviously we have. Uh, a little, I'll call it a running order, but dude, feel free to jump all around because I, I'm going to jump all around right away. And, and jump and, around, jump and around. Jump so why don't up, we talk about get down? I don't know that. But what? I knew you were going to say that. The house of pain is in full effect. <laughs> all right. It all was right. a Irish rap group from the nineties. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we start? You mentioned podcasts. How about some podcasts that that you and I listen to? So, so why don't you throw one out that you? I, I've got two I'm going to mention. Okay. Well, right now, um, I I really really like the Leftovers podcast done on Post Show Recaps with uh, Josh Wiggler and Antonio Mazzari. Um, these guys are great together, man. Uh, you know, it's just two guys who got really good uh, chemistry and. You know, I, I kind of discovered listening to podcasts. I don't like when people just throw out ridiculous theories all the time that have no support in, in what is, you know, they're just, well, I, you know, and like, invariably it's like all this soap opera stuff, you know, like, well, I think this person is going to have a, an alien baby and it's going to come back and conquer the whole, you know, it's like, um, these two do a really good job. I, I think, I, I guess I find them, if I shouldn't get too up about ourselves, but you know, I, I think we're a lot like, they're a lot like us and we're a lot like them and that we just kind of like look at the material in front of us and, and analyze what's that and, and kind of back off from making crazy predictions and suppositions that, that have no basis really in, in what is actually happening in the show. So, okay. yeah, I mean, we certainly examine subtext and things like that, sure. but yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and that's the irony, like with Jay and Jack and uh, Jack's crackpot theories. They they weren't generally all that crackpot, but no, and, and, yeah. and that really I didn't like. Uh, you know, I mean, the Jay and Jack show from Westworld, it, it was okay, but like with the whole thing was just throwing like the theories out and everything. It just, it, it I didn't like that that much. You know, I don't I don't like when people just say like come up with just crazy stuff to say just to, to say crazy stuff. When, if you look at like any kind of common sense or look at the actual text that you're dealing with it, which is the episode that, you know, it, it makes, you know, absolutely zero sense. There's no evidence there of that. So, all right. Well, one that I'm listening to is called Radio Free Scarrow, and it is a Doctor Who podcast. These three guys in Canada, Stephen in Edmonton, Warren in Vancouver, Chris in Edmonton. And number one, these guys are so consistent. I mean, every Sunday there's an episode. And, and I mean, you and I have been doing this for close to five years now. Wow. And, and you know, it's life happens. And again, kudos to these guys for, for getting something out. And and for them, they really are Doctor Who centric. So, the, so obviously they've only got new Who, 
to talk about for like three months out of the year. I mean, you know, maybe a couple episodes that are leading up to the uh, coming season, maybe an episode or two after the season's over. But they do have the advantage of all that old who mm-hmm. that they can look at and they talk about that. And if that's not enough, the what 1300 episodes or whatever it is over 26 seasons, yeah. they've, they've got the big finish audio dramas that they look at. Have you ever listened to any of those? I haven't. And I that's haven't something I've always wanted to, because it, I, I mean, I know they're great productions. I know they get like, they get the actual, you know, guys to, to do the voices of the doctor. So it's not just some uh, rinky dink operation they got going. Yeah. Uh, these guys do interviews. They, they go to all the different Doctor Who conventions on the West Coast because they're out, uh, as I said, in Edmonton and Vancouver. But really good, great audio. And, and I like them because they're, they're, they're somewhat irreverent. They've got you know, the, the great dynamic with each other. They're just really fun to listen to. And it's like one of those things that, that you and I used to listen to, and now I can't remember the two sisters, the, the podcast. Oh, yeah, Hexed. Hexed. Is that I listen to these guys, even when they're talking about Big Finish, Old Who that I haven't seen, it just doesn't matter. I just enjoy listening to them them talk. So. Yeah, that's a good, Hexed is a good example. Cause that was, exactly. That was one that I just like listening to because these two sisters were just fun to listen to and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I listened to Radio Free Scarrow for a while, but um, and and I, I agree with you with that. It's just that without like I don't, I mean, not that I dislike the old hoop. I just don't. I'm not familiar with it. And so when they started talking about that stuff, I was just like kind of like ah, you know. Okay, so you got another one you want to bring up um, as a genre or no, or no, no, just anything. Um, well, I actually just finished listening to. Uh, the history of Rome with Mike Duncan, which it was actually like it was just really good. Um, I, I'm kind of like a history buff, so like you know when you know every now and then I just kind of like like to poke around and see if there's a good historical type one. And, and history of Rome is something I didn't really know a ton about, uh, and I found it, and it was you know really accessible. This this guy who has a very conversational tone, he did it all himself. He produced it himself. He recorded himself. He wrote it himself. And it was uh, it was really good, yeah. You know, I, I nearly messaged you over the weekend because I thought, you know, I need a non-TV, non-genre podcast, and and you telling me about that, you know, a couple of weeks ago sounded you know, like something I would really dig because, again, I'm really fascinated with ancient Rome, so I just wrote it down in my piece yeah, of paper. Here. Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's it's like. Like almost like a soap opera where he would get done one. Like, I got to hear the next one. What did Caligula do now? You know, like, um, so it was really cool because like, you know, like really with the, the, the histories of Rome obviously is, is extremely fascinating and the characters in it are unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was like, it was like story time. I felt like a little kid sitting cross-legged on my mat in kindergarten waiting for him to hear the next chapter of the story. So check it out. All right, cool. All right, well, the other one that I want to mention is called Anomaly Podcast, and it's women's perspective of science fiction. So the, the two main hosts are, are two women, Jen and Angela, and then they have a, a rotating cast that, that, that comes in. And the way I found their podcast was through somebody that, that some of our listeners may know. I, I got a chance to work with her on a Revolution podcast, and that's Emily O'Leary, who does Made of Steel, a Supergirl podcast now for a Golden Spiral Media. But I was always reading her blog posts, which were always amazing. She was writing about Fringe at the time I was reading them. And I happened to see at the bottom of one of her pages a link to something she blogged for Anomaly Podcast. So that's how I found them. They talk about all things sci-fi uh, they're big Star Wars nerds. They're into cosplay. You know, I, I think what I like about them is that they just talk about a random episode of a show and whatever. Star Trek, Next Generation, Season 4, Episode 11. Hmm. Boom. Right. And I listen to it because, again, like... Uh, Radio Fuscaro, I just enjoy listening to them talk. Right. And, and you know, they're very astute about these things. And 
again, like anything, you, you, you learn a lot. They cover, they rarely talk about the same show twice in a row. They do movies, uh, you know, convention updates and, you know, really, again, great audio and definitely worth checking out. Cool. So, all right. Well, in terms of podcasts we're listening to, why don't we move on to some non-genre shows that we're watching? So for me, the, the show that I've been recommending to everybody, and I think I mentioned it to you one time, but I think you said you don't have showtime. Right. It's a show called Billions that stars Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti. And basically, Damian Lewis runs this billion-dollar hedge fund, and he plays pretty fast and loose with the rules, the law, and Paul Giamatti is the district attorney, and his goal in life is to bring Damian Lewis down. And what's so fascinating is that Paul Giamatti is so single-minded in his pursuit of Damian Lewis's character that even he forgets about what's right and what's wrong. And it's, a, it's one of those situations, again, that, wait a minute. You're supposed to be the good guy. Right. You just broke into your wife's computer to read her confidential notes for a patient that she's seeing. Mm. So it, it's just fast. Look, Paul Giamatti, yeah, Damian great. Lewis. Uh, I mean, the acting is amazing. The writing is amazing. Check it out if you've got showtime. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think the only non-genre show I've got right now would be Better Call Saul. Um which, I mean, you saw Breaking Bad, right? I did. I binged it in like, uh, again, like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was the same thing where I, I, actually, I think the last season I watched uh, week to week. Um, or, or I think I, 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 I was ending my binge of that right as the season was ending or something like that. So basically, I, like, I think like the last two episodes of my watch, like in real time or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of cool because you see, you know, you know, Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad is we see is Jimmy McGill, and uh, you know we see his evolution and and what he's going through, and and he's 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 we see aspects of Saul and Jimmy, but he is a little bit more naive, a little bit f- more fresh faced, I guess, a little bit less cynical than uh, than Saul was, and and so we see that. And like the last episode was the first time he actually used the name Saul Goodman. He he made this commercial, but he couldn't use his own identity, so he put on sunglasses and and used this. Other. So you know, we see this 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 you know gradual. And also, we see like all these characters from Breaking Bad that got killed and stuff. Uh, we see them in their early stages and everything too. So I imagine at the end of this, where you know, might you see uh, Walter White at the uh, in the later stages. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, but yeah, still cool show. Uh, I keep saying Lenny. Uh, Michael McKean is uh, you know Saul's brother, Chuck. Oh, he's awesome, and, he, and he's yeah, he's great, and he's uh, has this condition that uh where he you know things that uh electric things cause him physical pain right so he like lives in this house where you you can't bring your cell phone in or anything like that he he wraps himself in these you know space blankets and everything and uh so yeah it's it's uh it's 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 really good show it's a lot of fun all right well i'm just gonna throw a few out there i won't talk much about them but one is an hbo show called the affair which as you might imagine from the title, is about the aftermath of an affair that that occurs. Dominic West, who you, yeah, know, yeah. you might know from The Wire, The Wire, sure. But and, one of my uh, favorite movies, Rockstar. Oh, he's in Rockstar. Yeah, he was in that. You know the the movie with Marky Mark. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Right, he was one of the leaders. Uh, he was in uh, Midsummer Night's Dream too. Oh, okay. With uh, Michelle um, Pfeiffer. Right, and then Joshua Jackson who we know as Peter Bishop from Fringe is also one of the leads in that show. It's really good. I always want to call it Pretty Little Liars, but it's actually Big Little Lies, which is on HBO. It was intended to have only one season. It did so well that the, you know, fans and actually even Reese Witherspoon, who was, uh, I guess one of the producers is looking to see if there's a way they can bring it back. But 
stars Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Shailene Woodley, who plays Tris in Divergent, Zoe Kravitz. It's a black comedy that centers around a murder in the town of Monterey. So they're they're all rich except for Shailene Woodley's character, but she's befriended by uh, Reese Witherspoon and some of the others. It's really good. And then one I'm just going to say real quickly so that you don't have a chance to mock me, and that is, of course, NBC's This Is Us. So moving uh, on. <laughs> now, here, I will say this about This Is Us because I just saw the commercials. I was just like, it seems like it just – or every time I, I seem to turn it on – oh, no, I didn't turn it on, but when my, my wife is big into This Is Us. And so I'd like roll into the room while she was watching. It just seemed like people like sitting there whining and stuff. And I'm like, how can you watch a show when people just – complaining all the time and she's like no 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 it's not like that and and when i like finally one day after christmas when i was sitting down and putting together the the lego millennium falcon with my daughter (laughs) (laughs) and uh and and my wife was watching this is us and i'm like oh wait a second so that's in the past and and those kids are his kid and everything. So when I figured like that out, so, I'm like, oh, wait a second. There's like this level of complexity to this show that that uh, was heretofore unknown by me. You know? Yeah, it really is pretty good. And and uh, you know, like you said, it never hurts to have a show that you actually enjoy that your wife enjoys. Sure. So so anyway, all right. So one show that that we both watched that we certainly don't want to talk about it in a lot of depth, but the season four ending of Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was pretty perplexing mm-hmm. for to, S.H.I.E.L.D. fans. To say the least. Right. So what we want to do is just take a couple minutes from the diner scene to the epilogue. So we're really only talking about the last three minutes or so of the episode. So, uh, I mean, any initial thoughts? Uh I, I have not. I'm. I'm just. I don't know what's going. On. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got that scene in the diner, right? That, that, right. But that like, features, yeah, the well, whole like, team, right? Right. Which is cool because we haven't really seen everyone together in a long time, right? Right. A point that Coulson recognizes, and there are some that that, and and I had to go back and I, I found a still somewhere on the internet. Uh, you know, well, did you notice it's just like the Last Supper with the guys that are coming in to take them? I'm like, okay, now you're pushing that. Uh, <laughs> you know. That might be taking a little step too far. But. Right. But but it sets up the epilogue in which we only see Coulson. You know, I, I my feeling is that I don't think the team is together at this point. But before we get there, right, so, so we go back to the diner scene and they basically know they're simply waiting to get arrested, which is cool. Sure. Let's have a you know good meal before we go in. And the guy, you know, the, right. So these guys come in, and then he pulls out that little device, and now it's like the shield team is frozen in time in space. I mean. I don't know what to make of that. And the guy then says something about, you know, we've got a two minute window. We need to get going. So, all right, a window to what? Right. What is this device that he's used to freeze them? Don't know. But not his team. I guess they're wearing some sort of, uh, uh, you know, deflector <laughs> shield or whatever. It's, so it's, then, it's almost as ridiculous as you make it sound by saying it. I'm not saying it's on you. I mean, just like. Ah, uh, no. So I'll, I'll tell the listeners to hold their ears because I, I can't, I, I don't know why I read this. I saw a headline, the showrunner. Oh. Right, so do you want me, Go can ahead. I say it? Go right. ahead. The showrunner has acknowledged that a time jump has occurred. Oh. Because in the final scene in the epilogue, we see Coulson and he's wearing, you know, this outfit that we think, okay, these prison clothes, you know, he gets up, he gets dressed, he goes over, pushes the button and that whole wall goes up to give us a view that he's in space. I I would say clearly in space, but I mean, you never know, but let's say for the sake of argument. If he weren't, that would be like cheap. I, I agree. So he's in space, but then he gets up, Phil, time to go to work. He goes over, pushes another button, and just seems to walk out of his room, because now I'm calling it a room rather than a cell, because it does appear as if he has free range, range, but 
we don't necessarily know that. Now, you know, a few of the things I've read, just fan theories, that they seem to think that the whole team is on this ship. I don't think that's necessarily the case. In fact, I kind of hope it's not. I kind of hope it's one of these deals where they're in different uh, locales and they've got to get back together. But right. how far did we go? I'm assuming we went forward in time, but again, well, I don't want to assume I too much. I don't think he really went back if he's on a big spaceship. Well, right. but if it's somebody that can manipulate time travel, wouldn't yeah. they already have the technology for uh, space travel? I don't know. So I don't know either, but I really love this ending. I mean, it, it just gives you so much to think about, so much to talk about. Season four just blew it out of the water. I hope they come back with the pod set up again. But we did find out that they're going to go 22 episodes, and apparently they're going to go straight with no breaks. So Really? I, yeah, I don't know if I like that. I, I you know, even It's mind. so funny. Like one time we used to bitch and moan about <laughs> shows taking off long extended periods, right? And now we're like, actually, I kind of like it like that, yeah. Well, it's I, I, again, I know we've talked about this before. I just think it it's a testament to how many good shows are out there and how many shows that we haven't seen that we have access to. Right. Hey, did I tell you I got Netflix? You did. I'm proud yeah. of you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so required science fiction viewing. Okay, so so what what we thought was, and when we say required, I mean I, I'm going to give you what what I think that one show that that you definitely should see. But I'm going to throw a bunch of them out there, and and uh, but but when you look at it, if we if you break it down into space shows, dystopia shows, time travel, and maybe alien invasion, I guess I never realized the overwhelming majority of these shows are in space, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we've certainly talked about Stargate SG-1. You know, we, we took a look at the pilot when we were trying to figure out what to do last time, and and certainly that's a great show. Farscape, yeah. uh, you know, you and I ha have seen and, and talked about. Uh, Andromeda, which is one of those shows that, that it's on the pole, and, and one of the reasons I like it being on the pole is that I can't find an Andromeda podcast out there, which was one of the beauties of us. I mean, aside from the fact that we love the librarians, is that I don't see any other librarians podcasts out there except maybe After Buzz, and I don't think they're all that great. Oh, oh! But you just but, you just threw that down, man. Yeah, you know. So, so <laughs> I mean, you know, space shows, and I haven't mentioned the one that I think is is required viewing yet. But well, I mean, I'll, I'll put it out there, Firefly. <laughs> I got it on my list. It's on your list. Well, you know, it, it's like Christopher Bork mentioned on the poll today. It's like, geez, you guys, it's like making me pick between my children. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I read that. That was a funny post. Yeah. I mean, but true. Because, I mean, for me, uh, look, I love Firefly. I don't maybe love it as much as you and Elena. Do you love it? Uh, yeah, I love it. but You don't love it, though. Now, on the new shows, I, I mean- Dark Matter, Killjoys, The Expanse. I think they're all excellent. I mean, they're not in Firefly's class. Nope. But, they're pretty but, good. But they're pretty good shows. Yeah. You know, we mentioned Andromeda, Farscape, and certainly the Stargate. I watched Stargate Universe, and that was pretty good. Not Again, not like this. Babylon 5, I, I took a look at the pilot last weekend, and I enjoyed it. I, I You know, there's just something about the Stargate series and the dated nature of them visually right that i'm having a difficult time mm -hmm. getting into yeah yeah i mean were, were you a deep space nine viewer yeah, i did yeah i like deep space Nine. well again that was one i think i watched for maybe two seasons and then just you know couldn't keep up with it i just okay. kind of stopped watching television altogether for a while there so okay i mean so i watched uh deep space nine on sunday the the pilot and I mean, you know, I liked it. Uh, again, I, I just, for me to take the time and to continue, and I know people will say, you know, like, well, like a lot of shows, you've got to invest the time into it. It gets better as it goes along. Well, I understand that, but but there's just something visually, and it's not the fault of the show. That was probably state-of-the-art when it was yeah, uh, for sure. in production. Right. 
Right. But so, yeah, we you compare it to I mean, let's take like Twelve Monkeys, for example, you know, or um or Killjoys or Dark Matter and the uh the look of the shows and what they could do with special effects and everything now, just any any show made fifteen, twenty years ago just can't can't roll with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess I don't I'm having a difficult time getting back into the whole multiple alien looks, you know, the, yeah. the you know, the all of that because Killjoy's expanse dark matter they've kind of stayed away from that they're there it's like basically they're you know the human race has gone out and colonized all these other worlds and and, and that's their universe and uh, that that's probably a fault in me but whatever but you, but um, you know what show holds up like in that kind of flies in the face of everything we just said what farscape well i yeah with and, the muppets and, right yeah I mean, these muppets but yeah. I think because they do that, you know, and, and, you know, it's it's almost like I don't know, kind of like how with J.J. Abrams went with the the episode seven of Star Wars, you know, like getting back to the less CGI, more like you know, kind of quote unquote naturalistic looking special effects and things like that, and uh, you know, I think Farscape by using puppets, kind of like it, it, it yeah, it puts that. That love. So we're not, they're not saying, hey, we're trying to make these things look realistic. You know, right. saying, and, we're just having you believe enough that this is some kind of alien and just roll with it. You know, there's a guy with his hand up inside that thing, but just roll with it. You know, it's Rigel, who's arguably the most hated character in the show. Yeah. So now we hate a darn Muppet. <laughs> right. But he's funny, though. Well, he is funny. He is funny. Now, now you know, we've mentioned Star Trek Next Generation, and of course, the granddaddy of them all, Star Trek, the original series, which, again, to tell somebody you need to go back because this is where it all started, you know, there's an element of truth to that. On right. the other hand, I understand what a request that would be of somebody that's in their twenties or thirties yeah, or, e or even forties for that. Yeah. Matter. It can, it can be kind of stressful. I mean, what's I, out there. I see him and I love Star Trek cause I watched it when I was a kid. And so there is that, but if I look at it with an objective eye now, I'm like, you know, I think there was the one, um, I showed to my students last year. It was the one with like the, uh, the the Bailey and the Loki, you know, like the one guy had like black on one side and white on the other side. Oh and yeah, the other guy was reversed, and it was all about you know obviously about like you know racism and everything like that. But there's like this one scene where the one guy is like running away from the other one, and you can see him. He's just kind of like jogging down the hall with his his hands up by his shoulders, and he's kind of like weaving back and forth like he's getting tired but it just looks so sad and then the fact that like the makeup yeah like you can actually see some scenes where the makeup runs a little bit you know and yeah. and you just like i mean so it's 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 tough like it's tough to show that to kids nowadays and say okay you know let's go beyond the things that you could actually pick apart with this and just look at the story but you know it, it right. can be it's, tough yeah i mean at the risk of sounding superficial i mean that's the f truth of the matter now the show that i feel is required in, in the same way that you feel firefly we're still and, talking about space aren't we? we haven't gotten past yeah. space yet and that's battlestar galactica i knew you were gonna say that i i just think it's maybe one of the best shows i've seen period it's uh, a pretty good show it is it, it covers so many you, you talk about a show that that tackles difficult topics sure all the while being a great action sci-fi show with great acting and you know it's it's four seasons i believe it's like 88 episodes and it's you know I, i'm just going to leave it at that battlestar galactic yeah i don't know i don't know if i binged that before lost or but that was that was one of my first binges, and so I have fond memories of BSG. Yeah, um, and that's one that I need to rewatch, and I've I've tried a couple times, and I've gotten through the th you know the three hour mini series, and then just got sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I keep uh, I, I, that is definitely one that every time I think about it, I'm like, man, you know what? I got to go back and rewatch that because especially when you see, well, you know what I say is every time we run across an actor who was in Battlestar Galactica, 
And I'm like, who was that person? What were they? You know, I'm like, man, I got to go back and rewatch that. Because there's just so many people that we run across in sci-fi that, you know, was not just like a, a one you know, one-off role, but people who had significant roles in uh, in BSG. Yeah, absolutely. So, but why don't we move over to dystopia? And I could only come up with three, but certainly one is Revolution, and, and okay. uh, which I is a say, show I that, about Revolution, which is a show I thought got the axe a little before its time. Yeah, and I think my and son I think was we, so pissed, and, and he was I just watching we, it on on Netflix. Just oh, like, okay. He was like, "Was so, that it?" I'm yeah. like, yeah, sorry, dude. He's like, oh, come on. But, you know, certainly it, it, it had its moments, you know, what it explored if, uh, yeah, I mean, you certainly have got the, you know, the military taking over, controlling things, the United States uh, broken down into, uh, I forget, with five or six different areas. And it was almost like a, a reversion. Es- Esposito, man. That's, right. That guy's oh, yeah. gold. A reversion to the past uh, so that it's one of those situations where, we don't have the technology, but everybody remembers that it existed. So the knowledge is there. So, you know, eventually it, it's got to come back. But uh, the, the other one that uh, I think you and I both read the novel and it is airing now on Hulu, and that is The Handmaid's Tale. I have not read The Handmaid's Tale. I just oh, you I saw the original movie. Okay, and it's funny because I, I'm mentioning to my wife that, that I've been watching it on Hulu, uh, and did she want to see it? And she said, well, we saw the movie. I'm like, there's no movie. She goes, yes, there was. Yeah. So I know. You'd think I'd learn, but it turned out to be right. Oh, <laughs> let me let me look that up. <laughs> of course, Natasha Richardson yeah. and, uh, oh gosh, I forget who's playing the lead male role. But uh, I'm a halfway through the uh the Hulu series, and it is just outstanding. You know, again, I mean, it, it's, is it a political statement? Is it something that, that you know, for things that are going on in, you know, the 2000s, 2010, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could probably say that. I mean, the novel was written, I think, in 84, 85, but it, it's an outstanding series. It's it definitely worth checking out. But the show for me, without a doubt, is the hundred. Okay, like for and dystopia, it for a dystopia. I I just can't say enough about that show, and I'm going to say so more about it later. So we're just going to dance right past Dark Angel, then, huh? Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I had I had you can't just, justify it, Dave. Well, no, no, no. I had Dark Angel somewhere else under what I was calling science and technology, although. Uh, I don't even know if I might've added that. I don't know. Oh, I just hand wrote that. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about the hundred. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, certainly dark angel is one of the finest examples. And, and I guess on the one hand, there aren't very many cyberpunk shows out there, but, but certainly it is a dystopia. And, but I guess what I like about the hundred over dark angel is just the, you know, how human and subhuman all these people have to become just to survive. And then they have to live with themselves afterwards. And then when you really examine it, and that's like, wait a minute, these are like 17 and 18 year olds that are making these decisions. Yeah. Well, they look like, you know, 25 and 27 year olds. Well, because they might be in real life, but, (laughs) but, uh, let's face it, this is not what it is. You know, I, I, like, I, I try to think that, but I look at the characters. I'm like, uh, no. All right. So, what's yours? Uh, Dark Angel. Dystopia. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking Man in the High Castle as far as dystopia. Oh, okay. Goes. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, I forgot about that. But, um, uh, but I really like the hundred. I mean, like the hundred definitely is is a show. I mean, like, I I agree that it just has really been a pretty good, solid, thoughtful show. Like where the the other CW shows, except for Supernatural maybe have uh, experienced a uh, general decline. Well, actually, also not iZombie. But some of the ones like that that we'll probably talk about, we talk about dumping shows, you know, have not been as good. But The 100 has continued to uh, kind of be compelling week in and week out. So, Oh, oh I'm, I'm not. Well, okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, 
Now, time travel, again, I mean, certainly continuums on the list, 12 monkeys we've mentioned already. Timeless that we mentioned yeah. last week got uncanceled yeah, by I like that. N- yeah. NBC. The J- now, they gave it, NBC gave it to JK. Yeah. Now, I'm watching Outlander, and I, I mean, it is a time travel show. I mean, it's it certainly isn't time travel in terms of shows like 12 Monkeys and Continuum, but but to a certain extent, timeless, because the character has traveled back in time, so she has 20th century sensibilities and knowledge and has to make sure she's not giving herself away and not altering the course of history, or does she want to alter the course of history? So, well, so it's fascinating. That's like the central thing of the show, right? Right, right. But for me... It was a tough call, but and it's not just because I podcasted it, uh, but but yeah. but it is continuum. Twelve monkeys. As much as I love it, and I feel like I finally have a grasp on what's going on. Do you? Because I still don't know. I guess it's part of my reluctance of actually starting the next season. It's just like I I just remember even as I was watching last year, I was just confused most of the time. So like I don't know. Well, I'm going to go with Continuum as my my must-watch time travel show. So w- what are you thinking? I guess probably Continuum would probably be one. I'm just going to say The Flash to be okay. con- contradictory. Well, uh, and- I don't and- really think that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even, right. I don't even know how much I really like The Flash anymore. But, uh, you know, t- oh, yeah, well, I'm going to go with I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just shout out The Timeless. I like Timeless. Okay. That, was, that was a really enjoyable show. I was, I was bummed when it got canceled. I was psyched when it got uncanceled, so. Yeah, and that's another show that that my wife didn't start watching it, but every time I put it on, I see she drops whatever she's doing. She knows what's going on. I can tell she likes the show. There so. you go. And it's just again, you just like the characters, right? Right. So, all right, yeah, what about it's, it's like like fascinating stuff. Like of like, do I want to change the past or don't I? You know, like who are the bad guys, right? Like, yeah. we don't know. Like, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? It's like, n- none of this stuff is easy to define, so. Exactly. So, all right, what about Alien Invasion? Because well, there are a few of those. Okay. Like, I mean, I- I'm going to go with Falling Skies with this Oh, one. my God, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say at first, because I knew that, I was probably pretty sure that's what you were going to say, so. Yeah. But I-, I will say Colony has done a pretty good job. I don't think you watch I Colony, watch right? Uh, with Josh Holloway, that does a pretty good job. And then there there've been two incarnations of V, the eighty three to eighty five series, yeah. and then the two thousand nine two thousand eleven starring Marina Baccarin. That that was that was the good thing. That was better. The bad thing <laughs> was pretty much everything else about V. Right, right. But Falling Skies, you know, again, a lot like the hundred. I think what I like about it is it really shows you the human side of these people that were a history professor or were. You know, I, I forget what uh, the colonel, what his job was. In, oh, I guess he w- actually was military, right? That was, Well, I think he was like in the National Guard. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, okay. but I can't remember what he actually was his job besides wearing camouflage baseball hats. Right. That that needed a good washing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you find that hat. You just you got that hat you love, man. I, I'm with you there. Yeah. So. But it was, it was such a great show, though. Um now I know there's criticism about the last season. Um, I still liked it. I thought you know it's tough because what are you gonna do? You got two things: either the the humans win or they lose, right? And sure. people are gonna be pissed either way, right? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, you just have like some Hollywood ending because they won, or oh, that's so down and negative and, and depressing that they lost, you know. So, but it's like that's really like the the way. Unless everyone says, oh, we're gonna you know, get together with the aliens and we're all going to stand around and say kumbaya and everything like, you know. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing with Colony is we we really haven't seen, I mean, we, we, we have sort of seen what the aliens look like, but we have no idea what they want, what their end game is. So, you know, I'm going to keep going with that. I, I, I like it so far. But, all right, now, now we got to put each other on the spot. All right, here we go. Favorite. Yeah, yeah current sci-fi show that's not called supernatural <laughs> all right go ahead you can all right well you just know uh, actually i, I wasn't going to say supernatural supernatural okay. is probably a strong second uh but my first one is the leftovers right now okay well uh you know what i just then doctor who just danced into my head but actually no i'm going with the leftovers with this one 
Okay. Even though you might argue about whether it is actually well, you know, it's sci-fi. Oh, oh, no question. Dude, I dude agree. Dude died, with you. went to hotel, and came back. Right. Oh, I, I agree. It's science. I mean, at the okay. least, it's genre. Sure, sure. So, so, and and I know we have uh, a topic on this later about why you you refuse to watch the new season of the Leftovers, but I just think it's just uh, it's just to me it's just I it's like. Kind of like Game of Thrones, where you know it's Sunday and like pretty much all day Sunday. I'm just like not, not that like let's get through this darn Sunday so I can watch Leftovers. But you know it's like something to look forward to at the end of the night that you know, man, a uh, new episode of Leftovers. Unfortunately, yeah. there's only uh, I only have two more of those Sundays, uh, and then that 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 is it. Well, yeah, that's a good compare. I mean, it is sort of like Game of Thrones without the action and without anything happening. Oh, oh, oh now, Dave. All right. Um, well, why don't we just jump into that? You know, why Dave refuses to continue watching? You know, as I've told you, it's just so damn depressing. And and I guess knowing up front that we're not going to get any answers, uh, you know, I don't like the fact that you told me I'm not going to get any answers. You, had we gotten to the end of the show and there were no answers, I think I would have been able to accept that more easily but but and, I, I i get why they did because like they don't want people hanging on just to find out why the departure happened you know they're like no. saying, it's not gonna we're not that's not a thing we're not gonna tell you we have no explanation for the departure so if that's why you're watching this show you're probably better off like not hanging around because you're you're gonna be really pissed at us when this whole thing ends yeah well uh, that's that's true so, yeah. all right. Now for me, my favorite show is the hundred and, okay. you know, a little bit of Lord of the flies, a little bit of Mad Max beyond Thunderdome, yeah. but it's the character It's any good show. And we say this all the time. It's about the character and, right. and the portrayals are fascinating. I got, I, I got, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm sorry to interrupt, but who's your favorite character on the hundred? It's Clark. I mean, there's no okay. question that it's Clark. Uh, although, Bellamy and Octavia have really formed this little triangle of characters that that each in their own way. Uh, you know, I'll get to that in a second, but but certainly Clark. And one of the things I like is that it explores the lengths that some of these characters will go to ensure the survival of the group, and and it examines the burdens of leadership, particularly with Clark, who was among the hundred young people yeah. that was dropped dropped on earth everybody just wants to party and you get the idea you know they were all locked up on the space station so now they've, they've got freedom but she's the one that quickly realizes if somebody doesn't take charge we're doomed to die right. she does it and like any good leader there's a lot of tough calls that nobody wants to make and as soon as she makes them everybody criticizes sure. her for it so that to me that's fascinating Heavy hangs the head right right and then Bellamy and Octavia, the brother and sister, uh, Octavia was raised as that illegal second child and had to literally hide below the floorboards in the space station. And and Bellamy's made a lot of bad choices along the way. And yet at the end of the day, you know, he's a good guy that's just in over his head. And now to see him kind of maturing and really making good decisions is is just really rewarding as a viewer. But the other thing that's that I love about it is how the adult characters have transformed because eventually when they figured, well, I guess the kids didn't die, we can go down there. Although to be fair, they really had little choice yeah. <laughs> in the matter. But well, they we're get kind down of running there, out of there. All right. And, and and it's like one of these deals, as soon as the adults get down there, okay, hey, thanks for everything. We're taking over now. Well, you don't know anything, right? But you know everything because you're the adults. And well, and that's the thing. Like the adults are now like in advisory roles, right? Right. Like they're not running the show at all. Um, and you know, like Clark, she didn't have. You know, when it comes down to it, she doesn't always have what it takes. Like she should have shot Bellamy when he went to open that door, which I would have been yeah. pissed because Bellamy's my favorite character. Wow. But uh, but you know, like she should have shot him probably. Like she firmly believed that we can't let them in, right? Well, she, I, no, she had one hundred percent subscribed to that, right? Okay, yeah. I, I think so, in my opinion. Okay, so it's like if you believe that, then and, and you know Clark has 
this pattern, that repeated pattern of doing what needs to be done despite, you know, it not being popular or being a difficult emotional thing to do. But yet she couldn't she couldn't shoot Bellamy and she let him yeah. open the door, which, you know, arguably has led to was not a very good decision, maybe. Okay. You know, but with the adults, Marcus and Jaha in particular, and, and certainly Clark's mother to a lesser degree, you know, their motivations are rarely clear. And then you've got the hateful characters like Jasper. Look, you talk about somebody that should just been shot. Oh, come on, man. Oh, come on. I mean, it's like Jasper is that, that character that gives up and drags everybody down with him, a la Jim Jones and the Jonestown Massacre, which is essentially what happens yeah. at the end. So anyway, uh, enough about the hundred. That's my favorite show currently. It's a good show. All right. So, you know, we've talked kind of off and on, you know, even a little bit tonight. And so we don't probably need to spend a whole lot of time, but thoughts on the full season drop, which is becoming de rigueur on Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. And, you know, as we said now, to a lesser extent with 12 monkeys on sci-fi, but you know, you just don't have the time to process. And if the show is really deep, as a lot of the shows that we watch are, I, I feel like you need it. And it's just like, you can't have it both ways. It's like, if I watch one episode and then I want to go online to find a review, it's like, well, the reviewers reviewing the entire season because yeah, he, you right. know, he or she's had it for a month. Well, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Like, how do you podcast on that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like and, that was, I know Mike was struggling with that. Cause he's like, they're, they're going to dump all episodes of, of 12 monkeys in three days. Like, I don't yeah. know what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, actually, I think he actually did have a plan. I shouldn't say he didn't know what to, what to do, yeah, but, but you know, like that sucks. Yeah. You know, like you, you, like as far as pod, what do we do in podcasting? We take an episode, we examine its nuances, its minutiae. Yeah. You know, and if you give me thirteen episodes in one day, yeah. like how am I to, you know, and, and right. but and, and as a podcaster, well, like how do I serve my audience, right? Because they're watching this in three or four days too. You know, like so. Yeah, I, I mean, it just seems binging is counterproductive for the way I like to watch these shows. There was a great line in one of the episodes of 12 monkeys <laughs> that one of the characters was something saying something about time travel. And the guy says, well, nobody understands time travel. Smart people do <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, nod to the fans of the show. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I, I mean, these full season drops are not going away. They're way too popular. And yeah, but, uh, but, but on the other hand, like when man, the high castle dropped, like, I just, I could not wait. And we were, like, we had lost our heat that weekend. And I was staying at my, my parents. <laughs> so so I'm, like, in my parents' den with my laptop on my lap <laughs> watching Man in the High Castle. Because, like, like what am I going to do? Am I not going to watch it? I've been dying for this show for, like, a year now to see this next. Ep- and then, like, if I'm done the next episode, like, what am I going to do? Wait a week and, like say oh i'm not gonna watch the next episode just yet no because you know like you, it's like there's no way i'm not gonna binge that show i know right i know but but as you said it, it, podcasters we just have to figure out how to adapt to the new world well and- we'll be like the the school mom we're like well okay go ahead and eat all that chocolate at once but i'm gonna eat one at a time and you know if you want to eat your chocolate with me you're gonna have to be patient all right, well, we're talking about shows that we really like, that we want to binge, or in some cases, kind of have to binge, it sounds as it sounds like. But what's it take for you to quit a show? Because as you know, I quit three yeah. that I'd been watching for a while, and that's that's yeah. Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl. Yeah. And, and Ooh, The Leftovers. I didn't, I didn't realize four. You, oh, yeah. The Left... I, you're you're gonna go back to leftovers, dude. It's just well, like well, last I might. Year. this this I'm, season's been awesome. It's really okay. been good, dude. You gotta Okay, but but to go back to the other three, because you know, okay. I, I explained my reasons for the leftovers, and, and you're probably right. I probably will revisit it. But I jumping the shark is probably way too harsh. But <laughs> I don't the, think the, so. When applied but, to arrow. They just got too ridiculous. Yeah. And it really and hasn't look, stopped. And I, I think 
what you have to understand is that I know Lexa Doig is in Arrow now. And, and yet, yet I still don't watch right, it. I know. I thought that was the thing that would definitely bring you back. Well. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know, dude. Every time I watch Arrow now, it seems like this voice in the back of my head says, you should just stop watching this right now. You know, but there's there's still some redeeming qualities to it. And there's still some characters in there. Obviously, Felicity is still a great, one of my absolute favorite characters. And I love it when she's in there. But man, it is really, you could just see, like, I think they had like two solid seasons where they really had good story going. And then they're just like, oh, you're renewing us for season three? Like, oh man, what do we do now? You know, and um, and I love everything I read and see about Stephen Amell. I, I mean, he just seems like such a good guy, and I like his character. Sure, I mean, I like that dark, tortured superhero, yeah. and you know the the, the whole uh, you know little but love. But but you, but how long? You know, you can only be dark and tortured for so long, right? Right, like, then you become mayor. Right. All right. See, that was when he became mayor. I was just like, uh, really? Come on. You know, so I don't know. It, Arrow is possibly a show that just kind of like went to, and again, ask a 14 year old, right? So, like, so I look at Brendan and I'm like, so Brendan, do you want me? I've, there's like seven episodes of Arrow on the DVR. Do you want me to, to save him for He's like, nah, nah. I'll, I'll catch up over the summer, you know? There, there you go. So, and the same thing, for, and, and so he was still, he was keeping on with Flash, and uh, just the other night, I was like, Brendan, got like seven episodes of Flash on the DVR, do you want, I'll, I'll keep him there if you want. He's like, nah, you can erase him, you know? So, you know, will I come back if these shows are renewed? They, I don't know, they might have already been renewed. Will I come back next year for the, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then know. all the crossovers and the musicals. Nah. And the music, I, I kind of like the musical one actually, but um, but yeah, it's just the the yeah you know, the, the the plot's getting kind of ridiculous, and the 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 soap opera type acting, and you know, like ah, uh, yeah, I don't know, like well, I think it speaks to how difficult it is to sustain something like that, which then and and granted, I haven't seen it, but makes supernatural. I don't even want to say remarkable because that doesn't seem to be enough of a word right. to, to sustain. What are they going to 13 now? I think 13. Yeah. Oh, oh, you show you, you're the one. Yeah. You, you show me that they're doing the Scooby-Doo crossover. Yeah. That's, that, that is going to be awesome. I cannot. Oh my God. That was when I went rut row earlier. <laughs> right. Right. I thought, I thought you got that. I so. didn't. I'm a little slow right. in the uptake, but, but right. yeah, I mean like, oh man, like, Supernatural, just it's it's still like, and I, I don't necessarily, um, except for like they they kind of go a lot with where they have yes every season there's a there's a big bad right there's an overall arc but they basically kind of stay with the monster of the week, you know where they they intersperse the arc here and there but most of the stories I think throughout the season deal with. Um, just like just a monster of the week, which is yeah. just like kind of like what I said about like Law and Order. Law and Order should still be on TV, should run until the end of time, because all they had to do is pick a different court case every week. Like the characters, yeah, we kind of got into the characters, but the, you really care about the characters. It was just all about, you know, at the beginning, there's a case. The cops did the investigating. The lawyers did the prosecuting. There'd be some dramatic courtroom scene. And then they won or lost at the end. And it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. All right. Well, we've got two little points. Why don't we tackle these quickly? And uh, this has been a ton of fun. I can't tell. Yeah, you. this is awesome. It's great. We should do this yeah. more often. All right. Gender reversals on reboots. So, so what I'm talking about is with Battlestar Galactica, when it was yeah. rebooted, Starbuck is now a female. Sure. But a very tough female right and and so should there be gender reversals when you reboot a show and i guess my answer would uh, be uh, doctor who it depends well we'll get to that in a minute 
you couldn't do it with a show like Buffy where you make the lead character a male. Why couldn't you? I'm, well, you could. I, mean, but, I haven't seen Buffy, so that's from a complete well, you know, it, angle of, of, of ignorance and not knowing the show, but yeah. yeah, No, I agree, but, but you know, I could see where you could do it with a secondary character, and, and I think the reality is that Starbuck, I mean, while she is one of the main cast, um, you know, it, it, it's really Commander Adama and President Rosalind right. that, that are kind of the two main characters. Here's the thing, though, Dave. Being as a kid who watched the original uh, Battlestar Galactica, Starbuck was my favorite character by far. Like the okay. coolest, way, way coolest. Dirk Benedict, like, are you kidding me? He was awesome. The coolest character on the whole show. So when they made, they took that, because so, so when the new one starts, you're just like, Oh, what's Starbuck gonna be like? What's Starbuck? I can't wait to see what Starbucks gonna be like. And then it's a a, a female, and at first you're like, "What the hell?" But then, like the first scene where she's like, she's got a cigar and Starbucks like his cigars, and she's drinking and she's making fun of the commander and she punches him right. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, okay. Oh, it's it's so on. She's just like she's she might even be better than the Dirk Benedict Starbuck. You know, like, yeah. so like, they, I mean, so they really went out of their way in that very first scene that she was in to show that this is still the swaggering devil may care F the rules character that the original Starbuck was. So relax. Yes, it's a female, but chill out. It's it's pretty much the same, same old Starbuck. Okay. All right. And finally. One word answers only, no explanation. Should the next doctor be a woman? I say no. Um, I didn't realize you're gonna like tell me I had a one word answer. All right, you can have a multi word. Uh, answer. Go ahead. If it's Catherine Tate, then yes. <laughs> well, well, if it's now if you it's say Idris that. Elba, then no. But they now, should. They maybe they should. They should. It, it might be time to to take that step and go either with a person of color or a woman for the doctor. Okay, just saying. Yeah. Well, you know who I would want. Uh, I, I've already established that that he'll never get picked because he's not British. Roger wait. Cross. Oh yeah, yeah, he'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. yeah. Let's like. What about an American? Right. I think we 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 probably had this whole discussion back. Yeah. I, I, I'm I, don't get to. me wrong, because Pierre Capaldi's been great as a doctor. Like, I, I definitely have not been disappointed in him as a doctor. He's been awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and, and you know, this is this is a big thing, right? Every time when we have a new doctor, it's a big thing. All the nerds out there in Who Land, um, and us included, you know, get super bent about this issue so it's it's no it's no small thing that that they're gonna do i liked uh rory kinnear actually before and i don't know if you even know who rory kinnear is you know his, I do. his name was thrown out there he's he's in the uh, james bond movies and i thought he's great you know i thought he'd be perfect he's a young guy he's got like the kind of like the you know eaton type uh posh accent and uh, i thought he'd be really good as far as the doctor but um you know i don't know i I would definitely be okay with them but you know again it just so much has to be the right woman yeah if you just pick any woman and it's and and she sucks man it's gonna be it's going to be bad. And, and, and not only that, I mean, I think the bigger issue here is we've got a new showrunner. Yeah. Right. Well, for, yeah, for next season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Stephen Moffat is, is not picking the next doctor, right? Uh, now that I don't know, but he's not going to be the next showrunner because yeah. Chris Chibnall. Right. Well, if I were Chris Chibnall, I'd be like, yeah, picking the next doctor. Dude, I, I have to write for this person. Uh, good point. I'm going to pick it. So I imagine they're going to let him pick it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, there's all kinds of, all kinds of change, which might be good because I don't know how, uh, how much I'm, I'm up with, uh, Dr. Who this particular season. I'm I'm behind. I didn't see the one this Saturday. So okay, but you've seen the others, right? I've seen the others, and and it's been uneven. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Whereas 
I mean, rarely has Doctor Who been uneven for me. Like, I've always been like, you know, but now it's like, mm, Doctor Who. Eh. You know, and the interesting thing is, I don't blame the new companion. I think she's awesome. No, she's, she's and, probably the best part about it. And I think uh, Capaldi is as strong as ever. Sure. It's just the writing. The writing is, is I, I'm not saying, it's, it's not bad. But the stories are just. It's, right. It's not up to snuff. They're just okay. It's, right, exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, why don't we wrap it up there? Um, like I said, man, we got to figure out a way to do this more often. Yeah. Well, the, that, the next, the next topic we have, I could, I could talk for that for a long time. So maybe we lock that one up and we'll, uh, cause I, I have opinions on that that aren't going to change anytime soon. Okay. What, what's the topic? Am I missing one? Uh, loss impact on the genre landscape. Oh yeah. Why don't we hold that one for another time? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll maybe start a new list and, and weave another one of these into, uh, you know, maybe in between the next, uh, two shows that we do. Okay. So, all right. Well, hopefully you guys had as much fun as we did. We want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you and encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the sci-fi TV rewatch community if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to begin a discussion of a new show that we still don't know what yeah, that's going to be yet. To, to be announced. Uh, pay attention. And we'll uh, announcement to be dropped soon. Yes. With all, but, uh, all, all 10 episodes. But until then. I got nothing. <laughs>